Why do I always have to extend the olive branch? Yeah. She's like, bro, like, look at us. Like, mm. look around. Like, this is, don't act like you just got here. Like, and it was kind of like a, a, a dose of reality for a second. Like, bro, like, if you were just in this, like, a year, I would be giving you a different speech. But we're like, we've been in this for a long time. We've been in these spaces for a long time. You know very well why it is that you have to keep extending this olive branch. <laughs> Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo. Welcome to another episode of the Quintueres Podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know, it's your boy Pavel bringing you another very special episode with another very special guest. Before getting into this week's guest, let me give you a quick reminder on what this show is all about. You see, the mission of this podcast is to redefine professionalism. We've been trained to believe that who we are authentically is unprofessional, and I'm here to tell you that it is not true. Each week, we have a different guest join us for a very candid conversation around the conflict that they have experienced between professionalism and authenticity. Before getting into the full conversation, let me give you a quick bio on who Jeff is so you have some more context going into the conversation. So... Jeff is a Bronx-born creative and marketing strategist and producer with over 10 years of experience across sports and news. He's also the founder of the Smartest Guys in the Room podcast, which is a platform that sets out to redefine what it means to be smart by celebrating creatives and change makers and the impact that they're having on communities across New York City. He's also the co-writer and voice behind Lip Syncing comedic duo Juan Bago and O. Speaking of O, that's Oscar Martinez, who was also featured on this podcast a couple episodes ago. So if you heard that episode, just know that these are two out of the three hosts of the Smartest Guys in the Room podcast. One other note before getting into the episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that we actually shot this at a coffee shop. I wanted to give a big shout out to 787 Coffee who not only has delicious coffee, but they have around 15 different locations in New York City alone. It's a dope place to always work from, which is why I frequent the location so often. So if you're in New York City and looking for a place to work and or get some delicious coffee, I highly recommend 787 Coffee. We shoot a lot of our episodes there. Now that you have the context into this week's episode, as well as our guest, let's get into this dope conversation. Let's start where we always start off with the word authenticity, right? So when you hear the word, what does it mean to you? I think first and foremost, like living in, living in truth, right? Like I think that if you are honest with yourself, mm -hmm. then like the rest kind of follows. But I also think that authenticity is like one of those things, like it's like, like the saying, you can't know joy if you don't know sadness, right? So like you can't know authenticity and so you you feel in your in your heart like or you see something that's inauthentic you kind of notice that you don't even you, you don't put words to it but you can you see that you feel somebody being inauthentic and like you feel maybe somebody not being genuine so like i think by recognizing what doesn't feel authentic you like kind of stumble into it like a process of elimination almost but like i like that yeah i think it's par partially that like you learn it's it's all about like human kind of interaction and like emotional intelligence and learning that I feel um, and then you kind of start becoming more comfortable with like because sometimes things are awkward but at least they're honest and they're authentic right like and I yeah, think yeah. that you start kind of learning more about how to 
be comfortable in that space, so living in your truth. <laughs> right? When's the first time you found yourself being inauthentic? Because you, you said it about yeah. like other people, but yeah. I'm sure it happened for you oh, first. Oh, absolutely, bro. Like I think early on in my career, you know, like I'm, I'm born and raised in the Bronx, right? So early on in my career, I was told like, oh, like <laughs> the way I talk, you know, I was given like, quote unquote, constructive criticism about the way I talk and like, you know, how I used to like stutter too much. And I used to like say, you know, my accent was too heavy and like- You have an accent? Dike, right? Like at the time, supposedly. What kind like, of accent? Like a New York accent? Like, like a what Bronx, people... yeah, like a Bronx accent. Like not necessarily like a Spanish accent, no. Like a Bronx, like you, like you sound kind of ghetto. Like without without putting like the word out there, like yeah. it was basically that, like, yo, clean it up. Like you can have the cure for cancer and what you're reading, but nobody's gonna listen. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just go myself. <laughs> wow. But, you know, I think like, again, being, starting, and having these experiences where you're in spaces that you start to understand, oh, all right, like I don't belong here. Like I'm gonna try to find find my my actual nook, wherever that is, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, from that moment, you kind of you were at odds with yourself, and I think I'm pretty sure that everyone you've spoken to that that is a person of color and comes from a marginalized background, they have some sort of mirrored experience where it's like, oh, I get it. Like your is standard. My thing is weird, like whatever like my quirk is, whatever, it's weird because I'm like brown or black or yeah. like I'm gay or whatever. Like, yeah. I think that that part is like what people start to feel like inauthentic, like when they can't fully be themselves and yeah. like, you know, finding yourselves in, in you, you, you were talking about this the other day, like about how you came out to your coworkers. That was hilarious because <laughs> that's exactly how I, I, I was feeling like, yo, I don't watch Big Brother, son. Where you came out to your coworkers like that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, there was a, there was a time that I had a whole bunch of coworkers who watched Big Brother and like they were like hard body into Big Wait, Brother. Wait, Big Brother was like the, the kind of like show. the real world, but yeah, like they remember they have no outside communication. Yeah, they got the, the cameras on them. Yes, yeah, yeah. they were obsessed. They would they would do pools and all that stuff. And I was like, bro, like I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch that, bro. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know. Wait, so you didn't even try? I tried. Oh, you tried? Okay, like, for wait. like two weeks. And I signed up for this. And I was like, yo, I'm sorry, bro. Like, this is the <laughs> biggest waste of time. But I, you know, I didn't want to knock, like, you know, because I probably had my own that they weren't into, right? Of course. They, they would let me know very quick, right? Like, but. Yo, isn't that funny, though? Like, I feel yeah. like we, we try so often to try to fit in. Not to make ourselves comfortable, but to make other Them people feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. With us. Like, oh, don't yeah. worry. Like, I understand you too. And yeah. like, but it if, was, oh, go for it. It <laughs> was always that. It was always like, <laughs> and I'm, I am maybe jumping around, but I no, had no, like, no, that's cool. Had, that's what a podcast is. I had a mentor. And one time, it was later in my career, and I was just so tight because I found out, like, I just found that there was a lot of times that I would be the one making the concession. I would be conceding. I would be like the one yeah. uh, kind of going to a more passive position to make somebody else or to yeah, appease yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, like I, I was in a one-on-one with her. I was like, why do I always have to extend the olive branch? Yeah. She's like, bro, like, look at us. Like, mm. look around. Like, this is, don't act like you just got here. Like, and it was kind of like a, a, a dose of reality for a second. Like, bro, like, if you were just in this like a year, I would be giving you a different speech. But we're like, We've been in this for a long time. We've been in these spaces for a long time. You know very well why it is that you have to keep extending this olive branch because the way that this is function is like if you if you speak up, which I have the story about that too. Like yeah, yeah. we'll get up, into it. Yeah. Get too excited. It's like whoa, whoa, like relax. Like you're getting a little bit like too riled up here. Like just 
feel threatening and like moments like that, bro. Like I, you know, bro, I'm from New York. But when, when have you, when do you, what do you mean speaking up? Like, what is that? Like, when uh, you say that? like you're in a meeting, you just say your opinion. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in a couple of instances, I, it was times where people would have like very aggressive positions towards me, but not my ideas. So like aggressive, tell me more aggressive positions. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. So like, for example, towards your ideas, you said towards me, but not my ideas. Right. So like you learn this by giving your idea to somebody else and let them take it to oh. see how, how it plays out versus when you present certain ideas. Right. So like, this is a complaint that I had for a really long time that I was like, bro, I feel like I'm being like a sandbag, like my work, like people are making me feel like, you know, and again, you have to do a litmus test to see like, all right, are people actually like treating you this way? Is this a perceived uh, slight, right? Or is it like genuine? So it wasn't until I had more people that A, look like me working on, on what I do specifically. Cause I worked in soccer. So like there was always like Latinos around, but like on my team specifically doing what I do, it wasn't until that team started to change that like people that were joining me on this team were like, oh, no, nah, yeah, they don't want you. Like, <laughs> it's very clear to me now. Like, I see this. And that carried on for a, a good amount of time. So figuring out how to work around that, right, and like how to navigate a group that actively doesn't like prefer you as the face of whatever it is that they're working on with you. They want somebody else, right? Yeah. Not to say that that was everybody. I, right. I want to sure. clarify. Like, there was... <laughs> people that love me, I had great successes in, in a lot of places that I've been to, but those are like the, the formative moments, the, the moments that kind of taught you, all right, bro, like whatever you thought, like whatever assimilation you thought was going on, like whatever you thought you were kind of gonna achieve here, like in terms of like- Success. Success, or like also relieving certain parts of yourself, like like letting certain parts of yourself kind of go to the to the background to kind of appease somebody, like, Whatever you do, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen the way you think it is. But what was the, the moment that you're alluding to where mm. you sort of, like, spoke up or said something and you were met with that, like, nah, bro, that's not, you're not doing that out here. Let's see. I can... And maybe, maybe there were a few instances, but it mm -hmm. sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds like you had a moment where you were just like, oh, like, nah, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, because I thought, like, at first, I was like, all right, is this something, that, again, any rational person would ask themselves, like, is it, what am I doing, right? And that happens, I think, maybe, and tell me if it's wrong, but yeah. I think that often happens because in these spaces, there aren't many people that look like us, mm -hmm. right? So if something happens to us, we can't be like, yeah. yo, am I bugging? Or like, yeah. did, did that happen? I'm telling you, it wasn't until I had a black boss that I exactly. was like, all right. And she, and like, that part was very instrumental, but also like a Dominican counterpart too. Right? Yeah. And that part was, because, she was in the trenches with me. Like, my, yeah. you know, your VP can only be in, in a right. in these so battles many meetings. so much. Right. But like somebody who's next to you in the trenches, she's like, yo, bro, like, I see it. Exactly. I see it. You, so just, like, want, you just want somebody to tell you that you're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to be validated. And, yes, validated. Um, I think that the part that was really like hurtful is, is mostly because I was always coming from a position of like compromise and trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. Like, and I would put a lot into my job. Like, I would take it personally if I didn't do like if a project that I was working on didn't do well. And, and, you know, there was, I didn't really get this detachment that other people had just yet. Like, I think I had to go through a few years of, of work experience to kind of get there, but I had my name on it, dude. So it had to be yeah. perfect. And yeah. it had to like, if this didn't run this way and I got, I, again, I got relieved of that like notion very, very quickly. Like this is, this is not a, it's not sustainable because like they're in any space, not just work, but in any space, be it creative, be it like actual work, be it personal, like you're gonna have 
roadblocks, you're going to have obstacles mm -hmm. and barriers, mm -hmm. unforeseen, right, mm -hmm. that will kind of put a wrench in whatever you thought was going to go on. But like having these moments helped me like detach myself from my job a little bit. But having more specifically to your question earlier, like these these instances where I, I was receiving like certain microaggressions when I would present certain concepts. So I, I, I don't want to say too much because I get like get into detail. Yeah, yeah. And, but I get it. it. It was one of these things where talk about generally. Like yeah, you yeah, presented so an idea. You, yeah. you, you pitch an idea. There's a big event that only happens every four years. Coming <laughs> sure, up, right? sure, like, sure. You pitch some ideas around it, and it's like, well, like you, you get this like tepid response. But in your head, you're like, wait, hold on. Like I'm not, I'm not saying like all my <laughs> is great, but like <laughs> sure, these sure. are all right ideas. Like let me run it by somebody else, right? Like let me go like just see. Hey, do you think about what do you think about this? That are nah, these are solid. You should pitch them. Oh, already did. They were all rejected, right? Yeah. Give them to somebody else, like are not on my team. You know, put them in their deck. Yeah. And lo and behold, that like just made it. It just without any strife, without right, any right. edits. Right. Like same thing that I had presented. So like that moment to me was like the the glass shattering. I was like, oh, this is actually happening to me. Because uh, most of the time, too, when you're asking yourself these questions and you're reflecting, yeah. you're kind of in denial, too. Right. Like, nah, nobody would be that whack. Exactly. Right? exactly. There's no way that people could be that whack. But yes, yes, it's very possible. Like, So I think that, again, very sparsely kind of picking up these these guides along the way like these like inanimate guides that'll keep you on the right path or like the better path for you um how did, how did that make you feel when you when you saw your idea get accepted but it wasn't coming from you i mean i'm just thinking like you probably worked so hard to get to a point where you can work for a company and industry that you're just like oh this is dope you're telling all your friends about it and they're like i would kill to be in your spot <laughs> meanwhile me, yeah me here you are struggling to even yeah and that this is like just this. a creative part of, yeah like, yeah there's a i i was also like a client facing like we'll get, yeah, we'll get to that. yeah 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 so like but how did that feel though like you're seeing your idea like you get to this point but you're seeing your idea sort of like it, it, and it's weird because your idea is an extension of you though mm -hmm. so in some ways like you're not even being accepted but it's just being translated through yeah. your idea yeah and i i i think it was in, invalidating right like one of one of the things Probably made that, you not want to share it again. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think less, maybe. I think it was. I'm thankful for like my peers and the people that like uh, that will hear me out and give me honest feedback. Like, you don't have to agree with my stuff, right? But like, I think it's it's more about the the blatant kind of like denial that something is good or not, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, that's in the that's a subjective measure. But like, I think at the end of the day, it was. That specific experience made me feel invalidating moving forward mm -hmm. about sharing my work in corporate spaces to the extent that I was doing it. Like I was going all out with ideas. From that moment on, I was like, oh no, nah. like I'm gonna give you like just the prologue and like the you know the 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 the, the summary, the synopsis, if you will, and like wow. the details come later, like and and all this stuff because it was just I didn't see the value in it, and and I also was having a really hard time with, with that that aspect but also the the client facing aspect and like the expectations of how you know things are supposed to kind of carry out in a dysfunctional organization right like so like mm. you you're working you're trying to serve clients you're trying to do all these things but like meanwhile 
Like, you ever seen that meme with the dog and the house is burning behind him? And he's like, everything's fine. <laughs> like, this, this is you on the phone with your clients. And like, meanwhile, literally the world is burning behind you. And, and I think that um, I just had a really hard time balancing that and being, being like the best kind of strategist or the best marketer that I could be at the time. All that stuff kind of played into me becoming disillusioned, really. Like, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna find another job somewhere. I probably work at a hospital. Yeah. Like, no shade, but like, I, it was more like I want to do something that has nothing to it's do completely with different. marketing or like anything like that. What about how you showed up to client meetings? Were you? <laughs> yeah. Like, did you dress up how you dressed up now? At first, I think when you when you first start, you don't have real equity to be like taking certain risks. I like that's just par for the course, I guess. Anyway, sure, sure. Right, but like. But you, but you worked in like the sports industry. Yeah, yeah. So like, so if it, I'm gonna work at like a gym, yeah, I'm gonna wear like gym clothes. At right? first, I don't know. The first year, it was like form, like semi-formal, like you know, business ca- business. But back then, business casual, right? yeah. which is like chinos and like a button, <laughs> chinos, button up type. That, you know, your bonobos, you gotta get those. 34, 32, you know, like. <laughs> but it was, it was then kind of evolved into. It was then kind of evolved into, hey, we have this partnership with this athletic brand, Adidas, right? And it was like, you could wear, you could wear Adidas clothing, but I don't only wear Adidas, right? So you like, can only wear Adidas clothing? Yeah, at the time. Really? So it was, it was like a very weird thing because- What, the, we, were, were like, what year was that? Was, was it at the point where like- 2015, Oh yeah, Adidas wasn't popping, popping. What was that, shell toes? There was like, not Stan Smith's, bro. <laughs> oh, Stan Smith. And later on, like the, the NMDs and, and that stuff. But like, oh. I think it was- I'm not gonna lie, NMDs was kind of popping. They were, but- The Ultra Boost were comfortable, yeah. They but still. expensive as hell. That and too. also yeah, like, yeah. They, were, they were fly, but like at the time, if I had the choice to spend like my discretionary income, it wasn't gonna be on like mainly Adidas. Sure. And I think that was like the challenge. It was like, all right, well, sure. You, everybody could dress like, kind of uh, semi like you know casual now um but <laughs> it was like only adidas so it's like i i have jo- i have every jordan like from one through like whatever so i i would wear my shit. i'm like all right I, I would love to like have this conversation as to why like hey at that time we didn't have discounts for like employee discounts for adidas right, so you're right. mandating that we wear adidas and yet you're giving us like you're basically telling us how to spend our income and granted this, you, the company you work for is not Adidas, by Yeah, the no. And also, no. it's not like you are Anthony Edwards and Bro, you're sponsored by Adidas. Like, legit. They, it's just they a partnership. Took it this way. They it's just, just a partnership. Everybody was an endorser. If you stepped in that building, you were an endorser of the Adidas brand. And, like, it was just this, like, very... <laughs> it was like an over kind of correction. Or not even a correction, but, like, an over-exaggeration of what it meant to be, like, part and true partners yeah, with a brand. Yeah, yeah. To the point where everybody was like, yo, all right, I'm over this. So that was like short lived because they were they were threatened to like they were like, oh, you could just go back to wearing like business casual. And everybody's like, no, you already opened this box. Like, we're not going back. Like, I don't know where you're talking. Like, this, this is a real threat. So it was like business casual or this. There's no in between. Yeah. And then like I just I personally, A, because I I didn't have enough Adidas. I just no, bro, I started wearing my Jordans. And like if you had something to say, it was like, am I meeting with clients today or am I in my desk like not talking to anybody just a question i don't mean to be rude but like yeah. you're there's a million things more important than what you are cur- you and i are currently speaking about yeah. right now so why don't you go attend i'll go attend to my important things yeah. and you do the same and like i think that um that was like a formative moment for not just me like i think everybody in that that had that experience there because 
it was like a weird purgatory time where people were being told how to dress without being kind of subsidized for it, if you will. Did you ever buy some Adidas? Oh yeah, I had, like I totally have, and I still do, like, and you but know. But you did that because of the policy that was in place? Uh, yes and no, like at first, there was, there's definitely like sneakers that I have that I probably would not have had. Right. But yeah, you know, and, and like most of my workout gear, it was Adidas too, which like I actually prefer because they make really great workout gear. This is the thing, like nobody's saying that they don't with Adidas. It's right, like when right. you make us only with that brand, like right, right. we're not we're gonna be like, all right, bro, this is like very, but like not to not to like be too much on that. But that was like one of those things too, where your authenticity or like who you are, how you show up to work, was kind of called into question too. Yeah. It's like you are wearing like you choose to wear nondescript right. clothing, right? So right. It's, it's okay for you. That person's also wearing sneakers, but nobody told them because mm. they they didn't have a check. Or they didn't, you get what I'm saying? So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, very yeah. much, very, very subjective as to how they, or arbitrary as to how they implemented this stuff. Interesting. I'm so curious, like, mm -hmm. growing up, were you also a bit of a people pleaser? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Like that. This idea of just like making others yeah. feel comfortable above your own comfort, like yeah, that yeah. was always a thing for you? Yeah, I think ever since I was a, ever, ever since I was young, I think one, and I still hold this tenant today, one of the things that I've always longed for and, and will continue to long for is like belonging without compromise, right? And like earlier on in my life, I probably went about that and there was compromise. There was a lot of, and I wasn't realizing all the, I was like, oh no, I'm still being my, nah. There was a lot of compromise and like how you show up to certain spaces, what you say around certain people, yeah. the jokes you make, like, you know, there's a lot of different, like New Yorkers are very different than like people from out of state and like the way we joke around is very different sure. from people out of state. So like yeah. all that stuff gotta like. So I think that growing up and then going into the workplace, being like, being a, somebody who was like palatable was, was a, like it was a survival tactic for a really long time. Cause that's the only way I thought that I would get into these spaces. Yeah. Where did you get that from though? Like, did somebody tell you you had to be paddle, palatable? I think it was more about like who I saw, I, like legit, I would have moments where I would be sitting waiting for interviews and stuff and kind of like, yo, I've had a couple, like kind of like movies where you sit around like y'all interviewing for the same job and like one guy's next to the other. I did that for a couple internships early on in college when I, I went to like the NBCs of the world and yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. inter interviews there. And I saw it from an intern like level, I was like, all right, like, a lot of white kids here bro like there's a lot of like how like you know you start to kind of assess the land right. the, the landscape and then like where do you where are you gonna sit right. right between this old white guy and that old white guy yeah like and and that was like you kind of start um sub at first it's subconscious like oh like you, you like i feel like you're you're telling yourself subconsciously oh i gotta do that next time like I right, wear right. this next time or like i gotta say it like this but isn't yeah. that the fascinating thing, though? You're like you're sitting in those interviews, mm -hmm. you're just observing. You do an eye test, mm -hmm. and it's not like anyone is telling you that. Like we tell ourselves these yeah. stories, yeah. And it's not like it's not backed up in data, blah blah blah. But it, but it's true. Like we start yeah. telling ourselves that. And and like, I think that, and not to get like too, too crazy on like semantics and and also like politics of, of vocabulary and stuff. But like, we view violence and aggression in a much different way than like the majority of like like them white people for okay. example and i think that is you can see it in the workplace like huh. you immediately come in and like the all that i was just saying like that's a hostile environment and we're just like we're we're coming into it and we're feeling like our hackles are raised because 
we kind of feel like these things that are happening that don't like we can't put a name to it or come on like put our finger on it but yeah. this place doesn't feel like i belong here exactly right now right right, right? right. like it's a, and and i think that like you say that and it's like oh well that's, that's not violence it's like no but like hostile environments exist right like and, yeah. and i think that the, the inability to exist as you are in certain spaces is a hostile environment i think that a lot of people of color when they first start working they they can't verbalize that specific feeling but yeah. i think that's what it is like i would always ask myself like when i started working with the formal clothes like yo why am i always sweating through like <laughs> bro and i would have these like puddles of sweat yeah. that i would never have i'm like oh it's because like you are uncomfortable the whole day son like oh. you were wild like nervous and like the whole day like being somebody else sitting like sitting in a certain way in the meeting so that nobody like catching people looking at you to see what you're up to like it's just it was very very awkward at first man but that's that's not where i thought you were gonna go with that really like <laughs> when you think? when you said the whole suit thing i thought you were just gonna be like yeah i'm hot all these layers you're oh, like nah. nah man psychologically yeah i think like it's just they create like i think these spaces are created to fit certain types of people and yeah. if you kind of are straddling like another you know another type then it's just if you you are the one who has to like adjust the space doesn't adjust for anybody but like if you if you're on these interviews and you're mm -hmm. looking around and you don't think that you'll belong here right why why are you doing it well <laughs> so here's the thing like when i like why did you want to go into these spaces when i started working the inter the intern interview that i feel like i needed it like I, I needed to be an intern somewhere to be able to like get a job, right? Like that was the that well, was a path to like to getting a job at the time. Well, that's what I'm getting at is yeah. the idea well, that the path is to get the yeah. job. Whereas like you also dabbled in a lot of other things. Like you want to make you want to make music for a long time, right? Yeah. But it's this idea potentially around like let me align myself to NBC yeah. is like this I work is, at NBC versus what do you do? Oh, I make music and people. <laughs> look at it a certain way, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, I tell the story all the time how, like, <laughs> when I was working at TikTok, I went into the T-Mobile store, mm -hmm. and Shorty was like, yo, you work at TikTok? And I was like, yeah, girl, you no, know what I mean? I'll yeah. Be, I'll, be, I'll be scrolling. Yeah, but there's, there's, like a, there's, like, a level of security mm -hmm. that we probably get when we say, when we align ourselves to certain branding. Yes, yes. To, to a certain extent, absolutely. I'm not saying you weren't into marketing or you weren't no, into it, that. No, it was more, but you're, you're kind of right in the sense that, like, it wasn't necessarily about the, the name brand to, like, go and say that, but it was more about the name brand to, like, having something secure yeah right and like i think that yeah man, secure yeah that's another yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another hot button for anybody that yeah, you yeah, speak yeah. to it's like because it comes with the bag too the security from, and the, the benefits and every all that we're shit, coming yeah. from backgrounds where none of that existed right so yeah. like i was that broke bro like i so when i started these jobs i was like all right yeah. something more benefits i need something did I really like it? Was that the, the what was my calling at the time? Probably not. I would have continued to make a, a million more Juan Bago and no videos, right? But like that, I, A, it wasn't paying me. And like, right, right, right. B, it was like, like everything else around me felt like it was like, yo, all right, come on, man, you got to go. And, and I, I felt like, como ton, like tunneled, like that was a path that was like for me at the time. Right. Was it the only one? Probably not. Like yeah. it was, it was the one that like when my eyes were open to at the time, that was the only path that I that I had. Yeah. As I grew in these spaces, you know, when I finally got to, to MLS and like I was I was working in soccer for a long time. We can bleep that out if you want, <laughs> by the way. Okay. <laughs> well, we when I when I got there and like it was okay, 
it was like it was fine there was there was no i think as you grow and as you experience more things and as mm -hmm. you meet more people that aren't necessarily like the people that you like saw on day one right and like now you have this new boss and this boss is an asshole right like yeah. what are you gonna do now right, right like right. all these things kind of became more formative experiences later on to real to for them to me to go back and say oh yeah, maybe I should, like maybe I should have thought about different paths, right? Like maybe right, I should have right. found a different way to roam because there's a million worlds to roam. Yeah, man. There, there's so many things that we do just based on perception, having security. Yeah, perception, it's survival. Like we, yeah. we the decisions you make are, yeah. are, and we we on our on our show we had a guest on who who's an educator and an author and like he was talking about a lot of this stuff too, like we are making decisions out of like necessity where yeah. as other people are making decisions out of comfort, like from yeah. a place of comfort. And yeah. it's like, you don't, if this shit goes south, like you wouldn't believe how many times like I'm here like, yo, if this shit goes south, it's gonna be, and then like the guy next to me is like, oh, go south, let's just move on to, I was like, all yeah. right, Mr. Yeah. Moneybags, like, right, 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 you know? Right. And I think that, that that was like, again, another, like I think these are like little learnings along the way. And it's crazy cause like, it's one of those like even if you don't got the money, you still operate it. You still operate from that mindset. Yeah, you have to. I think. Like right now, I don't got the I don't got the most money in my savings account. Definitely dwindled down compared to when I quit. Mm -hmm. But I'm always thinking like, yeah, worst case scenario, I'll do X Y Z mm -hmm. versus looking at my bank account and being like, I only got a couple months left. Like, let me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think like even if we don't have it. Do you think that that's like it's a, a, it's a mindset thing, yeah. Do you think that's a learned, like, something that you you now feel? Like, would you have felt this way 10 years ago? Or five years ago even? Nah, I think I feel like that now because I, I have a delusional sense of confidence <laughs> that I think I've built up just with my work experience. Okay. I just feel like I could get a job somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And based on, like, now that you've kind of accomplished a lot, like, right, like you, yeah, it's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, worst case, and I don't even, I don't even, I don't need a job. I think it's also, I've let go a lot of the ego oh, that yeah. I was building towards. Yeah. Like, I don't need to work for a big tech company in order to feel like good about Absolutely. myself. But there was a long time where I needed, I wanted that the so bad. Yeah, just, that. just, just to do that. I don't even need to be making the same amount of money that I was making in my last job. Like, but for a long time, I, I needed to do that. I feel that. For, yeah. yeah, I think for my dream job for up until I was like 30, bro, was like, I wanted to work at Nike. I wanted to lead like brand strategy. Not, not this? Not, not this, <laughs> right? And I should even like, it was like, no, now you really gotta go work at Nike. But, um, That's so funny. But that was like my dream job. And like, after a while I realized like, oh, that shit might not happen right now, bro. Like, let's let's figure out like how you can still be like creatively impactful and and like still use a lot of these skills that you're gaining mm. in other ways, right? And that's yeah. how that's how my podcast came about with with yeah. O and just like that's how these opportunities started creating themselves. When I was like, all right, like instead of putting all 100% of like your creative and your strategic like insights or your mindset like into this role mm -hmm. how about you try something for yourself for a second and see how it goes like and and for the most part pre-pandemic if you told me to start a business bro or you told me to start any endeavor like on my own i'll be like you are crazy why you are crazy like i i used to think that being an entrepreneur was like the most like psychotic thing that somebody <laughs> could do 
Like there is, there's just I no. Mean, it, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of is. There's like no, it's not set up, and, and for a reason. Like it's and most not people, I mean, most people fail. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and for a reason, like it's it's. it's I think you gotta be. A little, like, I think you gotta be a little crazy a little to bit. do it. Yeah, 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 a little bit in, in a good way. In a good yeah, way. yeah, yeah. And, and like I think obsessive as well. Like I think that's that's kind of what would flip. Like hey, the pandemic made everybody crazy. <laughs> but I think that what what came to me now is like all right. If if this op- if these opportunities aren't like coming the way that you want them to come, like. You have to find your own opportunity. You make your own opportunities, and I don't want to like get all like pick yourself up by the. That's not it. It's not. That's what I'm talking about. It's like more like, yo, they don't want to play. Like create your own game, right? Like you start your own game and watch, build it, and they will come. And and that's kind of like what we've been doing now. Like I, for a really long time, I wanted to do what I'm doing now for a company, and like create something cool that impacts our communities yeah. and that has like a, a tangible takeaway yeah. and for a long time I wasn't able to do that I was I was able to create really cool stuff and won a lot of cool awards for it but like yeah. something that was like oh, that's like my magnum opus bro like nah like it never it never came never came about so are you at this point are you like I don't, I don't want to say like disillusioned, but are, are mm. you are you like are you not optimistic about corporate? Like, is that something that it's something that you want to go back to? I'm, I'm in like I feel like I'm in the same position as you. If it, like, if it comes and if like however it comes, it just needs to be it needs to work for me. But uh, like, am I in the same space where I'm like, oh, like mm. I don't know, the North Face is calling like a cool brand. Like, okay, like yeah, what's up? We can talk. But uh, I'm not like in the same, like oh I gotta have this. Like this is the this is the end the end all be all the make or break. Like this is gonna like get me to where I need to be. That's not it. That's just a means to an end, right? But like what I'm doing now, working with my partners and like being creative, like that's the most fulfilling I've ever felt in my whole life. Same. It's, it's frustrating. Same. And like it's it you know there's a lot of like obstacles and stuff, but it is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done for free. Same. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, I used to, I don't, I don't remember last time I contributed to my savings account. <laughs> bro. But, and I'm not, I'm not even making. not lying, man. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm like making ends meet compared, like anything I make is just yeah. like going straight to bills, essentially. And I couldn't be happier. Yeah. I could not be happier. For, I mean, would I like to be contributing to my savings account? <laughs> Of course, right? But it's interesting that like the life experiences that we have, or maybe, you know, putting this back on you, mm-hmm. it's kind of built maybe some sort of like healthy detachment to oh, yes. how you think about work, career, yeah. et cetera. I thought it was what I like like any and even if you go back to some sort of corporate job, maybe part two, yeah. maybe it'll be a different experience for you where you don't feel the need to yeah. People please, et cetera. Even, I think that'll be an interesting thing. You're absolutely right. My last, like, I was recently a part of a layoffs yeah, uh, yeah. In, in with, a, with a news company. And that was, that was a fine experience. Like, they were, like any other company, they had a, their own challenges. But I was in a different place where I could, like, manage the, the BS, right? And I also was in a, in a like, a semi-leadership role where I had mm. direct reports. And, 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 like, mentorship was part of, part of it as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, like... That's kind of like where I'm finding my my corporate fulfillment more recently, mm. where it's like, all right, all this that you've learned for the past ten years in, in in this field, every time that I that I went through something, I always wished, like I mentioned, that I had somebody there yeah. 
that like understood until right. I did, right? Right. So how can I be that stopgap for people now, right? Like if you're early on in your career, like is there anything that I could tell you? Is there anything that I could help you with that like will help you avoid some of these pitfalls that are unnecessary, mm. right? Some are necessary. Like yeah. you need to hit some walls to yeah. be able to like get sure. this level up. But like there are some things that are completely unavoidable and like they don't have to be that painful. And you know, I think that anybody entering the, the corporate space it's a jungle, bro. Like it's a jungle. Like that's people. People think because everybody's walking around all like buttoned up. Like, nah, man. When money's on the line, dude, and when people are like closing big ass like numbers, bro. <laughs> so I think that that like you have to kind of uh, prepare yourself one way or another for that. Like, what better way than somebody like me or you mm-hmm. that could like speak from from tangible experience? Like, hey, so. My my next job now, like I'm actually starting as a, I'm gonna be a career advisor at a university. So that's like the next step for me. To, and aside from keeping to yeah. keeping doing my creative stuff and like yeah. you know, doing my consulting and stuff, like that's always gonna happen. But you know, career advising was another thing for students that I like. I was like, all right, I think I could do this. I, I mean, forgot about that. Yeah, 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 man. So what? And and it's, I think about back, back in my college days, the advice that I received mm-hmm. was. In some ways, like saying it without saying it, they told me, like, make sure to assimilate before you start working that internship. You know what I mean? Essentially, that's what they told me. Like, I remember them putting up a picture of, like, this is how to show up, this is not how to show up, and this look like me. Yeah. You feel me? Classic. Like, what's the one thing that you kind of, (laughs) like... Classic. What's the one thing that you... You know, I'm sure there's various things that you want to teach these students, but, like, what's the one thing that you wish you were told... that you were told at that age going into it that is it's all right like that it's okay that that you don't have the same common interests as Mm. a majority of your your peers or your coworkers in that space because Mm. i think that that's where like it's it's so innocuous in the grander scheme of things like it doesn't really mean anything but when you come in and you want you want to like talk about something that you saw last night, da da da, and nobody knows like whatever. Like nobody's watching Insecure. Nobody's watching like Snowfall, right? Like I think that you have to. <laughs> it sucks, but a use it as a as a point to, to to talk about it. But don't feel like like you have to kind of dim dim it down because you're the only one that is talking about this stuff. No, you're like you're talking about it because it's it's your interest, right? So I think that part is one. And that, I'm using a very, like, remedial example, but, like, that goes for, like, literally everything. If you, even when it comes to problem solving as well, and, like, I'm sure you've seen this this young lady on TikTok that she she imitates, like, a corporate, like, HR, like, lady, (laughs) right? You see that? Like, sometimes, like, in my my last job is a perfect example. I had a direct report who was, like, so attuned, but she didn't know how to call it out necessarily. But she was so attuned. She was, like... Was it just me or that, like, was that just a whole bunch of, I was like, yeah, that was just corporate jargon for, like, you not getting a raise, bro. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. that's what, and, and, and I think that if I can be there to, like, translate for some people sometimes, like, yeah, yeah. I could translate Dominican Spanish, but I could also translate corporate English as well. Like, I, I think that, that that's more than enough. And then looking ahead, you utilizing, like, your, like, the side, the things that you do on the side, you don't have to like fully monetize these things. I think that's mm-hmm. another thing. I would keep something for yourself. I used to, that's a very new opinion of mine, but like there's some things you just like, not everything is a commodity, 
And mm. like, I think that sometimes we begin to feel like commodities if we just try to monetize everything that we do, right? Nothing against making money, bro. Like, right, right, right. Love making good money, but like, I think keeping yourself grounded, that's one way that could, that could help like navigate this process as a young person. I love that. We could probably end it As there. a young person, like we're like, we're not young. We're young. <laughs> we're very young, actually. I think one of the things that helped you during your career is this idea of just like having people around you that look like you, right? Mm -hmm. People use a word like community, yeah, yeah, right? That's what's so dope about the work that you do these days is highlighting people that are building community locally. Yeah. 100%. Right? 100%. Like, that, that's a big one, you know, Ha having that connection back home, like wherever home is, is, and it doesn't even have to be your home. It just like you, you treat it as such, right? Like, so whatever that, that is for you, that community aspect, leaning into that and, and fortifying it, especially now, bro, where like, you know, um, finding community outside of work, outside of like your friends from a long time. It's so hard. Yeah. Like, it's, it's extremely hard. So and we, and we, I feel like I, like I've grown out of so many friends. <laughs> yes. Like some it of our early, some of our early friends are just based on proximity. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like we're just friends because I went to school and we live two blocks away yeah. from each other. It's not because we shared interests. Yes. As you, as you get older, I think it's really important to build community or find people that have similar interests. Yes. A hundred percent. And like, I think that that starts to happen when you start vocalizing a lot of these things. So oh, another thing next, aside from the community or, or, you know, in addition to the community aspect is the fact that like, you know, being in these spaces and seeing people who were like sharp in very different ways and like very, very attuned, very intelligent in, in like ways that may not have been applicable at, at that, to that particular role that like, but just seeing different types of intelligence has always kind of sparked my like, or inspired me to, to kind of explore that a little bit. So combining the community stuff, com it's all good, it's all good. Combining the community stuff with, you know, with that, that, per that point of view, you know, I let it out with this, with the smartest guys in the room. And it, it and essentially is like, yo, there's so many different ways that, that you can be brilliant and that you can impact your community, right? Yeah. So let's redefine what it means to be smart. Let's not think of like a financial, like, analyst or a computer programmer or a computer engineer or something like that like that's that's one excellent way to like you know showcase your intelligence but there's so many different ways we want to continue to tell those stories me and my partner Oscar and, and, and Big Just but that is the main in inspiration it's like how do we tap into our community how do we tell stories that you are longing to hear that you didn't know you probably wanted to hear or like how do we bring those stories to you? How do we let you know that these things are happening in your backyard, right? Yeah. Like, also, how can we inspire you to find whatever it is that makes you brilliant and go do that, right? Like, yeah. you don't have to change the world, but like, as long as you can like change something material and that, that will better your life, I think that's more than enough for us, right? I think you're also raising awareness for communities or programs or groups that people can join. Yeah. Like in doing research for the, for the app that I'm building, I was asking people, like, what communities are you part of? You know how people said, I never thought about that. Yeah. And some people were like, zero. Yeah. Like, people just have their friend groups. But again, like, early on, that's just based on proximity. Yeah. So the older you get, like, you and I probably have more in common than, like, some of my best friends growing up. I, yeah, I bet. You know what I, I mean? Bet, yes. Which is interesting, but <laughs> you, like. We you, have the same birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Cardi B. And Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, that, but that's really interesting. Like. Yeah, like even even like I'm a runner, mm -hmm. and I heard about 
I heard about Rude Crew for a while, but I didn't know the founder. Yeah. And like tuning into your show, I was like, oh, there's a running community. Yeah. And they're uptown, and they're by me. That's something I could yeah. join if I really wanted to. Yeah, exactly. And I could meet like-minded people that are in there. I could probably meet Bay in there. Who knows? <laughs> exactly, bro. <laughs> and and that that's part of it. It's like every episode there was a new community kind mm-hmm. of being brought into the forefront from uh, the wine and sommelier community. Yeah. The coffee coffee entrepreneur. Yeah. Also coffee shop entrepreneur. Right. Like we did both angles. We had educators, authors, like. We want to tell all these kinds of stories again because yeah. how how these things materialize for you is is like the ultimate goal. Like having having new and also sorry to, to backtrack, but like an art like artists as well. I think yeah. an artist is the easy way the easiest way to kind of see what I'm getting at. But it, it shows up in every industry. There, there's like there's uh, change makers in every industry. There's people who love like breaking. Right. And not in like some like startup founder type, more mm-hmm. like decolonizing, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, there are people here that that have really, really profound ideas and really, really, really passionate aspirations. Like, yeah. how can we be just a vehicle to get you from A to B? We don't even get you got to get you to Z, bro. Like, how yeah. can we just progress your mission? Yeah. So if we can be the space and we can be the, the, the mouthpiece for those folks, then I'm more than pleased with that for sure. I love that, man. Mi gente, that wraps up another episode of the Gantuetas podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor. Wherever you're listening, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, leave a rating and a review. It's just going to help ensure that these stories and experiences get heard by as many people as possible. And that's the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you and see you next time.